0: 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on 630 Chad.
1: Try settle again. Shoots and scores. There's 50 from the right circle. Harris in the pocket. He's throwing it. He's going down the rail. He's got a man and open. It is complete. And he's going the distance. Inside.
0: home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Brie Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Riley Shan is the newest member of your
2: Edmonton Oilers one-year deal worth $900,000. He's going to join us. In less than two minutes here on Inside Sports on 6.30, Chet. The Edmonton Eskimos getting ready for the rematch with Calgary. They have not been able to stop the run the last couple of games. What is going on there? Defensive coordinator Philip Lawley will check in tonight between 6.30 and 7. Kickoff in the National Football League. Packers, Bears, they start before the bottom of the hour. We'll keep you updated there. And, of course, we're keeping an eye on the women's semifinals at the U.S. Open it is Serena Williams leading Alina Svitolina from Ukraine 6-3. Williams won the first set but Svitolina up one love in the second set. Canada's Bianca Andreescu Later on tonight against Belinda Benchich. Exciting times for Canadian tennis. My name is Reed Wilkins, Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio, 630 Ched. Always happy to hear from you. You can call 780 496 0063. You can text 630 630. Oilers rookie camp also underway today. Medicals this morning. They had an afternoon practice. We'll hear from some of the players involved in that. Uh, some hopefuls, obviously, to crack the Oilers lineup this season. Some more guys, uh, more realistic. Down the road, but we will start with the newest member of your Edmonton Oilers.
1: Sheehan, a tiger after that bucket. He comes up with it, gets into the Florida zone, down the slot. A rich shot! He
0: shoots it, scores! Riley
1: Sheahan earned it all himself, and the penguin foul with a 4 nothing lead. How
0: much fried chicken? can you
2: eat well i can eat quite a bit especially from northern chicken but that's a goal shorthanded scored by our first guest tonight left shot center signed to a one-year deal by the oilers 27 years of age please welcome to inside sports riley shan
1: riley how are you doing great great all good over here thank you well
2: congratulations on uh, joining the edmonton oilers uh, can you take us through how this deal came together
1: yeah it was uh kind of uh A long summer, and it was my first summer of being an unrestricted free agent, so uh, it was an interesting experience. But um, I mean, we kind of figured out things the last week or so uh, with Edmonton, and um, kind of always were talking with them. And I have the history with knowing Ken Holland, and he drafted me in Detroit, so um, we have a good relationship there. And um, I think for me, just being part of a team that's young and the potential is so high, and uh, being in a city that loves hockey so much I think it'll be a great experience and, and I'm definitely really excited to get it going
2: you know you mentioned the, the summer of being an unrestricted free agent I often ask players about uh, the mental side of the game as much as the physical side because everybody says you know things like confidence and belief are are pretty important. So tell me about the mental off season for you, just sort of playing that uh, that waiting game and uh, and uh, waiting for somebody to to sign you that deal.
1: Yeah, it's tough. I mean, you always are kind of waiting by your phone and. Um you want things to happen and obviously you want things to to happen positively. So um, I think for me, I think this summer I, I found a, a new way of working out and keeping myself distracted. And um, I, I felt good in the gym and making strides in the gym. And that kept me a little bit focused on that and um, felt, felt a little bit of confidence there that I translated out onto the ice and, and feel good out on the ice. So um, that was my little getaway and, um, it worked for me and, and I'm happy that this deal is done and uh, I can start focusing on camp and, and getting the season
2: started. You mentioned your relationship with Ken Holland who obviously drafted you into the Red Wings organization uh, back in, in 2010. Can you just maybe I mean we're getting to know Ken obviously here in Edmonton. Uh, can you give us maybe just your experiences with him and, and, and what he's meant to your career?
1: Sorry. Yeah for sure he's uh definitely uh he definitely kick-started my career for me i think just giving me that opportunity in detroit and drafting me in the first place and um i think we built a good relationship and he treats his players uh very respectfully and um and top-notch so um i think just the way he approached his job in detroit and um the success he had there and um i think just the people that he brought around him in detroit it says a lot about him and I think he's taken uh, that to Edmonton. So um, he's an amazing person, and I'm happy he brought me in.
2: Riley, I was looking over some of your stats and, and some of your stats from last season, and uh, I'll, I'll kind of tell you what I saw, and then maybe you can give me your experience uh, on the ice and how you were used. You, you took a ton of faceoffs. And it looks like you took a ton of face-offs uh, in your own end. Fair to say that uh, the two clubs you were with last year uh, put you out in sort of a, a defensive stance a lot?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, it's part of the game I, I take pride in. So um, I think for me coming to Edmonton, I like the idea of giving Connor and Trisaitl a little bit of release and Nugent and Hopkins there in and, and the D zone. um they can uh, focus more on the offensive side of things and the, the part that they're so amazing at so if I can help out in that aspect and kill some penalties and then contribute a little bit in secondary scoring um, I think that's a, a role I feel very confident in
2: Alright well you, you hit the big one there which is the, the penalty killing as I'm sure you know the Oilers PK over the last uh, two years has been poor I mean it's been at or near the bottom of the league in, in your mind uh, what makes a good penalty killer and what are you going to bring to the Oilers PK?
1: Uh, I think just the the mindset, the chemistry you have between the, between partners there, and um, I mean once you can click and you can build some momentum, it's just like any part of the game. You you go out there and you take pride in it, and um, you build momentum for the team. And um, I think it's a challenge. Obviously, it's a, it's not the most fun part of the game, but when you can go out there and block some shots and. Kelton some is in a crucial part of the game. You feel good about yourselves, and, um, and the team can take that and roll with it. So, uh, yeah, we just got to kind of get started, get things figured out, and build some momentum. I think
2: we'll be fine. Riley Shea and New Edmonton Oiler, joining us tonight on Inside Sports. Eight years of the league for you, going into number nine, and there's always a lot of talk about the speed of the game, the, the tempo of the game. It picks up year after year. Even in, in your time, have you noticed that? And in, in what ways does it sort of materialize on the ice?
1: Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, it's, it's kind of, you said it right, it, it gets faster and faster. And you get these kids that come in and they can play very fast, but they can also control the puck and, and make plays at that speed. So um, it's always kind of your approach in the summers to get faster and, and get lighter and things like that. And, um I think a, a big difference is that physical aspect is starting to um, diminish a bit. And those big defensemen and uh, the hard guys in the corners, they, um, they're they not around as much. And there's a lot of puck movers and, and guys who can skate very well and things like that. So, um, yeah, it changes. But at the same time, I think to, to have a bit of size and, and a physical aspect to your team as well as a team that can skate and, and make plays, I think uh, – that's a good recipe, and I
2: think that we have that here in Edmonton. You know, coming to a team that obviously has had a tough couple of years, they did, were in the playoffs the year before that, and then, you know, had that long stretch um, out of the playoffs. You mentioned a Canadian market where there's a lot of pressure, a lot of scrutiny. does that factor into your mind or your decision is all that, that you're you're coming to a team where, you know, it hasn't been great and and things, you know, on shows like this one can get picked apart. Does that figure into an athlete's decision and making it all?
1: Uh, I mean, yes and no. I think going to Edmonton and being part of a big hockey market is really exciting. And um, I mean, you look at the roster and um, whatever happened last years in the past, but there's no reason why this, this team shouldn't be in the playoffs and and uh doing some damage in the playoffs so i mean i played in detroit and pittsburgh and being part of that hockey market and making playoffs and um being around when the city's buzzing around your team it's it's really exciting and um it's something that's uh, that's one of the best parts of hockey i guess so if we can create that in edmonton i think that would make things really fun all right uh when are you getting into town uh, kind of just figuring out some logistical things and, um, my like kind of living situation and all that. So hopefully in the next couple of days is, uh, is kind of the game plan.
2: Okay. Well, look forward to meeting you, Riley. Welcome to the Edmonton Oilers. Thanks for making time for us on 630, Chet.
1: All right. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. That is Riley
2: Shan, newest member of the Edmonton Oilers one-year deal Worth a reported nine hundred thousand dollars. Now he talked in there about being a, a defensive player, about being a penalty killer. If uh, if you're into the advanced stats and all that kind of stuff, he his zone starts generally last season. Playing uh, for Pittsburgh and Florida, he he starts about two thirds of the time in his own end, and he kills a ton of penalties. Takes a lot of face-offs. Takes a lot of face-offs shorthanded. Decent face-off guy. 52.3 percent last season. He uh, played about 13 and a half minutes per game on average. To about two minutes on the PK per game, so he's getting about 11 and a half minutes even strength, and then a couple of minutes uh, on the PK. So definitely used in that role. He talked about taking pride of it, pride in it, understanding on uh, on this team you got to get the puck out of your own end and be sound defensively. So the offensive guys can, can go to work. And if he can chip in with a little bit of scoring, did get to nine goals last season, Uh, a couple of decent offensive years for a depth player in 14, 15 with the wings. He had 13 goals, 36 points in 17, 18 with the penguins. He got to 11 goals and 32 points. Again, if he can get, you know, around 10, eight to 12 decent offensive uh, contributions from a depth player, left shot center, um you know i i've been saying throughout most of summer i I know the oilers went out and signed gayton haas from switzerland and you see some rosters where he's notched in as the third line center and i'm kind of thinking what wait a minute i mean we don't don't know anything about this guy shane's not a star certainly you got to sit here and say okay how come he's been a free agent for two months before someone signed him fair enough but I, I would put this uh, I would put Shane ahead of someone like Gaetan Haas coming over from Switzerland. Sheehan listed as uh six foot three, two hundred and fourteen pounds. He is twenty-seven years of age from St. Catharines, Ontario. Your thoughts on the signing, where he might fit, anything else Euler related, text to six thirty-six thirty, phone number seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. four nine six-0063. More from Euler's rookie camp. As we roll along, and also coming up after the 6.30 news, a conversation with Eskimos defensive coordinator, Philip Lawley.
0: You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 6.30 Chet. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Quick
2: uh, traffic note, thanks to the 6.30 Chet Twitter account. Edmonton Police say 75th Street northbound and southbound at 95a avenue is down to one lane as Police investigate a serious collision. Drivers are asked to avoid the area. So that's 75th Street affected both directions at 95A Avenue because of a serious collision that is uh, under investigation. So you may want to detour around that if possible tonight. All right, thanks a lot for uh, tuning in tonight. The Edmonton Oilers signing Riley Shea into a one-year contract, $900,000. We're talking about how he's going to be used. He will use... Uh, be used on the penalty kill he will take face-offs he will be used primarily I would think in uh, the defensive end of the rink you can uh, text six thirty-six thirty Jim writing in saying hey Reed low risk signing for the Oilers to add Shane helps that he has a relationship with Ken Holland not a lot of sexy Signings by Holland this summer. Not sure the team is much better, but at least they are low risk. That is a text coming in from Jim to uh, 630-630. Another uh, texter who goes by the name of uh, Hammer on the text line simply says, how can the Oilers possibly be excited about a guy untouched in free agency for over two months? That is Hammer texting to 630-630. Well, you know, uh, fair question. Fair question. You... uh you know, he wasn't a most sought-after free agent. He's uh, only making $900,000. He will play a very specific role on the Oilers. And what have the Oilers lacked? And I'm, and I'm not saying they're going to have it this year because there's a lot of guys that are coming in on kind of show-me type seasons. Can they do it? Can they fill, fill a role with the Oilers? But for the last couple of years, the Oilers have had depth players who didn't really have much of a dimension. Most guys aren't going to score in most games. So can you check? Can you kill penalties? Um, Can you be physical? Can you intimidate? Can you do something on special teams? And they've had a lot of guys who didn't really excel in any of those other areas that help round out a roster. Will Riley Sheehan do it? Well, he did an okay job of that last year. And, And again, here's the thing. Uh, nine, he had nine goals, which is not a lot. Would have been one of the better depth scorers on the Oilers last season. I mean, let's face it. They didn't have a lot of guys get close or over double digits. And you know, obviously, well-publicized, they they had a guy who hoped would be a depth scorer who didn't get any goals. Yeah, that was Toby Reeder, who has signed a professional tryout contract with the Calgary Flames. Drew writing in, he goes, uh, Hey, Reed, people should remember Holland wasn't hired to wave a magic wand. It will take a time to fix the mess. Well, that's fair, Drew, and, uh, I mean, unfortunately we've been down this road before with the Oilers, and what is, I mean, in my mind, the way to really, really fix it, and it's, and it's great to try to round out the roster with depth players. I mean, every team signs some sort of a depth free agent this offseason. The, the really most effective way to fix it is to draft well And develop well to a make good draft picks which the orders did not do I mean going back to the 80s I mean there's a there's a lot of draft picks that didn't pan out and then to uh, bring them along at a pace that is is good for them so and we're going to talk about that later on the show a player like Tyler Benson who was drafted in the second round stayed in junior, played last year in the minors with Bakersfield, had to fight through some injuries while he was in junior, and now at the age of 21, he's may- he's potentially, and I think he has a chance, he's potentially making the NHL as a more mature player who may- who maybe has a more well-rounded game as opposed to being thrown in as an 18- or 19-year-old going from straight to junior or limited time in the minors and doesn't really have... That maturity i mean if tyler benson makes the team at 21 if he legitimately makes the team i don't view that as being rushed i think 21 is an age where just a second round draft pick should be going into the nhl and we're going to hear from tyler a little bit later on and, and drew that's ultimately how it ultimately gets gets fixed is that when the oilers need depth players they are there internally and they're there relatively cheap because you have them on entry level contracts or, or you're keeping your own guys and saying hey you know you're not you're not mcdavid you're not nugent hopkins you're not dry still you're not going to play with those guys but we brought you along in the organization and we know where you fit in and the orders have been you know chasing players like that to be complimentary players through free agency often overpaying often taking risks and that's how you get into trouble so i think that's ultimately how, how you hope this is going to turn the franchise around long-term uh, Jared says uh, utility player Ken Holland knows him I will trust him low-risk signing that is from Jared to 636 30 630. all right you will hear from Tyler Benson Philip Lawley Eskimos defensive coordinator they've given up almost 400 yards rushing the last two games how come <laughs>
0: subscribe to the inside sports podcast available on apple podcasts google podcasts or wherever you find your podcasts this is 630 Gen inside sports
2: all right good to have you tuning in tonight serena williams advances to the us open final 6361 win in her semifinal bianca coming up the canadian bianca andrescu taking on belinda bencic in the other semifinals, so we'll keep you updated once that one gets going. The National Football League season is underway. About three minutes in, no scoring. Packers taking on the Bears. Some text to 630, 630. This one coming in from Marcus, who says, uh, Hey, Reed, don't mind the Riley Sheehan signing. Not a star player, but hopefully there will at least be some competition for spots in the Oilers' bottom six. Uh, Where's this other text I wanted to read? Oh, I had a question about... uh, Oh, yeah, this uh, gentleman says, uh, Jason, uh, what do you think of uh, getting some more goals from the Oilers' defense? Is Evan Bouchard considered in this, uh, we need a strong quarterback? Well, I I agree the Oilers could use a uh, a better offensive-style quarterback on the back end. I think Evan Bouchard... Is hope to be the fix. I I don't think it's this year. I think he's uh, he's in the minors, rounding out his all round game. Not saying that he might not get some NHL games, but I don't think he's a full time NHLer this season. Oh, and Jason writing back in, he says, just hope our defense plays more proactive than reactive. Too much bouncing the puck off the glass and making our forwards chase the puck. That is from uh, Jason. Well, yeah, fair. I mean, look, there are, are there are still a lot of concerns about the Oilers. I mean, a lot of the guys they have signed this off season uh, are not stars they're hoping to round out the depth and and like i was talking about earlier maybe take on some more specific roles with some pride and excel more in those specific roles and shane said it in the in the interview i did with him he knows it's his job to play defense take faceoffs get the puck out of his own end so McDavid, Nugent Hopkins, and Dreisaitl don't have to do as much of that type of work. And uh, and they can go to work offensively. And the Oilers have added some players that they are hoping are going to help the penalty kill. Sheehan's one of them. Uh, Nygaard from Sweden is one of them. Uh, Granlund is another one. So, you know, they're hoping they've added maybe a couple pairs of penalty killers... Who can be better than the guys they had going out last year, which then means those offensive players don't have to spend as much energy, as much ice time killing penalties. That is the plan. <laughs> that, that, that is the plan. You know, you know what they say about games played on paper in sports? They, they can change very quickly when you hit the ice or hit the field. This texter says, Whatever happened to Ethan Bear, he's around. I, I we had Ethan Bear on the show last week. Well, I went and interviewed him at the Perry Pern camp. He uh, says he's in the best shape of his life, that he f- finally figured out everything he had to do in the off season, in terms of exercise and, and eating to get his body in better shape. He's, he's not at the, the rookie camp anymore. I guess he's kind of aged out of that, but he will be at main training camp. Uh, we'll see how he looks. Yeah, fair question. He is a, a player who has shown offensive prowess in his career. He was WHL Defenseman of the Year with Seattle. Could he push maybe to be a quarterback-type player for the Oilers? I don't know. I think last year was a little tough for him. He did miss some time with injuries. But if he comes in 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 good shape and recognizes the competition around him and and what he has to do, he's a maybe. I I would think the Oilers, though, if you're saying a year or two from now, who do they see as a power play-type quarterback? I, I think the answer would be Bouchard, not Bear. But Bear is still absolutely around. Appreciate that text for sure. Uh, Another texter says, uh, hey, Reed, looking forward to your interview with Philip Lawley. Hopefully he can fix that run defense. First time I've seen cracks in that for the Eskimos this season. Well, we are going to get to that interview in about a minute. I also want to let you know, so the game's coming up at 5 on Saturday, as you know, Kellen. Our broadcast is going to start at 3.30. The Eskimos hosting the Stampeders. Now, before the game, Clark Field... We'll be hosting CFL Family Day. The gates open at three. You can stay; uh, they stay open until kickoff at five. Admission is free if you have a game ticket. The Eskimos' mascots are going to be there. Now I don't know who these people are, but Family Channel backstage stars Josh Bogert and Julia uh, Tomasone. I don't even know if I'm saying those names correctly. I don't. If either. you're a parent, help me out. Josh and Julia from Backstage on the Family Channel, they're going to be on site as well for autographs and fan meet and greets. There will be a balloon artist, face painters, an 80-foot American Ninja Warrior inflatable obstacle course, and a Paw Patrol bouncy castle. Now, this is all bouncing off me, but I imagine if you're a parent of young children, you're thinking, oh, okay, that might be fun. Or maybe you, you think it's going to be horrible, but your kids will think it's fun, so you will take him or her.
1: Or maybe you want to take a spin for the American Ninja Warrior <laughs> obstacle well, course Well, maybe yourself, that's for you know?
2: adults, too. That sounds pretty adult-oriented. Give that a try, right? Anyway, uh, Clark Field, free pregame family fun on Saturday before the Eskimos and the Stampeders. Should be All a good Patrol's one. The pretty big, aren't they? Yeah, they're big for the kids. A kid, when I was a kid, we had Friendly Giant, Mr. Dress Up, Sesame Street, which is still on. Uh, I also used to watch Battle of the Planets g-force was the uh superhero team and i watched i watched a bear called jeremy do you remember that no you don't remember that all right
1: well and do you remember shows like camp caribou and uh geez what else was big in my my uh era that was a big one camp caribou was like the big one that i watched so
2: all right i'm going to issue an apology to this individual before i read their text because i cannot do what you're requesting This person says, No spoilers on tennis, please. I want to listen to you, but I'm recording the match. First of all, I appreciate that you want to listen to the show. But if I'm doing a sports show while there's a big sporting event on, I have to give the score. Now, it doesn't start for a little bit. So I can try to say, Okay, I'm about to give the score in five seconds, so you can turn your radio down for 10 seconds. But I got to give the score if I'm doing the show while the match is on. Because that's not fair to all the people who want to hear it. So, to that texture, I, You are in the minority, and I'm sorry. What's the line from Star Trek, The Wrath of Khan? The needs of the many outnay the needs of the few. Oh, or, I thought you were just one. going to
1: scream Khan right <laughs> no, through the microphone. Not... <laughs>
2: <laughs> JT says, Connor, Leon, and Nuge are always good for... 100 goals combined just need all the depth guys scoring 8 to 15 goals apiece we can easily make the playoffs if we get our special teams going and stay healthy that is uh JT texting in to 630 630 yeah a lot of a lot, lot of a lot of discussion here both the Oilers about both the Eskimos a lot going on for uh for both teams let's uh what's we'll <laughs> Here's 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 what we're going to do right now Now people are just, now they're just having fun with me on the text. Oh, okay. I, yeah, I, no. I, I kind of like when this happened. First of all, Brian from Lloyd Minster, hi to everybody in Lloyd, says they had that family fun in Regina two weeks ago. It was great fun. That's good. Oh, cool. The Fizzler says, please read no spoilers about the Oilers' off-season signings. I prefer to wait until the season starts to be disappointed.
1: <laughs> well, can't you be disappointed both times, Fizzler? <laughs> Could you imagine? You just—I mean—you're a fan of the team, and you don't know what's happened with the team until you show up like day one of the regular season. Here's your team.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, just the fact that the the Fizzler listens to Inside Sports means he probably has a life of disappointment. <laughs> oh, I love you, Fizzler. Red Light Ryan says, "Hey, Reed, I like the player and the value he brings." He's talking about Shane. Just hope he doesn't play with Neil a lot. Knowing which guy had nine and which guy had seven goals last year at each guy's price tag makes me cringe. That is from Red Light Ryan. Uh, Amer says, who is the number one goalie in your eyes and why? Uh, Mike Smith, because he's had a much better NHL career. But I think that they will have pretty close to an even split. I think Smith winds up playing more over the course of the whole season. And this uh, per, is this the same guy writing back? I don't know. I we, made, we said that line from Star Trek. Uh, this person says, "Did my text crawl in your ear like the wormy beetle thing did to Chekhov?" Ooh, that's a good reference. That is a good reference. Okay, here's what we're gonna do. We'll 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 get Philip Lawley on the line after the break. Kellen, I'm gonna have you take trivia questions during the commercial. So we'll have we're, we'll have one winner here and then we'll do another winner with another question later. So Fair this enough. is for yep. four tickets to the Eskimos game on Saturday. 7804960063. we were talking about children's shows. What was the name of the rooster on the Friendly Giant? Do you remember? I'll I'll tell you during I'll yes. tell you during the yes, break. I do. Okay. What was the name of the of the rooster on the Friendly Giant? And we'll give you four tickets to the Eskimos game on Saturday and Philip Lawley, their defensive coordinator when we get back
0: you're listening to 630 Ted inside sports with Reed Wilkins
2: alright we're sending Paula and three friends to the ESMOS game on Saturday she knew that Rusty was the name of the rooster on the friendly giant I have about uh, 20 texts saying Rusty no you, you, gotta, you gotta call in to win apparently that trivia question really inspired a lot of people <laughs> Which is kind of funny. The new Edmonton Oiler is Riley Shan. You heard from him earlier. You can get a full story on him joining the team as well on 630chet.com. We're also getting you ready for the Eskimos game against Calgary on Saturday as the Eskimos try to end their two game losing streak. Their defensive coordinator is Philip Lawley. Philip, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing?
0: Doing good, Ray. Doing good
2: back at practice today getting ready for the labor day rematch tell me a little bit about practice today how are the guys looking how are they feeling
0: well you know we've had a pretty long stretch here so we have to do things you know uh, a little bit different of course i mean you know we've had what seven or eight games in a row without a break so you know um, we do have a, a break coming up after this game, so you know, not have to take into consideration all the bumps and the bruises and all those things, but still try to have a, you know, as physical a practice as we can and uh, try to get as many well as we can going into this ball game. It's uh, always a real physical affair, as you know, and in, uh, in this battle with Calgary always. And uh, I reckon they call it the Battle of Alberta for a reason, you know, so. Well, coming off a game where uh, they were able
2: to get 25 points on you and uh, the, the previous game, Winnipeg was able to outlast you guys. And, and both those teams were able to, to run the ball pretty successfully, Phillip. Uh, I'm just wondering how you saw those teams rushing attacks. Uh, anything you can kind of enlighten fans on, on why they were maybe more successful along the ground than other teams were this season?
0: No, I mean, you know, every team we have, you know, we have some issues like everybody does and different things. And they were able to take advantage of a lot of the things that, you know, we're still trying to get good at, you know. And uh, they did a great job of coaching against us. They had some great schemes. They were on top of their game. And the thing that, you know, we, we look at Winnipeg and they were fresh and the quarterback especially was fresh coming into this game. Uh, and he had a big night. you could tell his speed that night with the size and all was uh, you know probably a lot better than if he'd have been playing deal for five games, you know. But he came in and uh, you know and did a tremendous job of you know running the option stuff and all against us. and uh, of course they got 33 back there. so they was able to move the football. but the thing is is we shut down one part of their game and we were not going to give them certain throws down the field, you know off the play action deep, and we said, you know, they can borrow here and there, and we might give up a 100 or so rushing, which was more than that. And, but if we can stop certain throws from him and everything, you know, we're going to you know, hold, hold them down for a statistical part. But I'm, I was not pleased with them rushing the football on us, and I never am. Um, I always want to be really good and physical against the run. And then turn around with Calgary, and they uh, they was able to run the ball against us also. And, you know, that's not acceptable to me, and it's not acceptable to my men either. And uh, we're going to correct that. We're going to get, you know, all that corrected. And uh, we know the issues, and we know the, the deal. And uh, But they, uh, they were on top of their game that day, and they were just a well, well-oiled football team, I call it, and they were very physical. Yeah. yeah.
2: So, do you, do you feel you have to call different plays defensively, or is it just a matter of guys executing what what's called a little better?
0: It's all both. You know, basically, you know we we made we made a lot of calls. <laughs> believe me, and the whole deal with their speed and their their offensive line was having a really good game. They were, and and uh, like I said, they come in with some really good thoughts. They'd had two weeks to prepare. You know, and, uh, but a lot of folks don't realize it. Like I told them, I said, uh, before their open date, they gave up 500-something yards offense to Montreal, you know. And uh, they were a tired-looking football team. And they'd lost a couple in a row. But uh, then they finally got that open win, got a couple of weeks rest and everything. And And honestly, they came in well-prepared, well-prepared, did some really good stuff against us on the perimeter was able to get their backs on the perimeter against us and, uh, you know, we just we just got to get better, you know, run support and everything, you know, out of our secondary and we got to all get up and help, you know. Uh, and, of course, when you do that, you play in a a quarterback that's been MVP a couple of times, you know. So yeah, it's not just like you got to stop the run when you play. Them, so.
2: Well, I wanted to ask you about that quarterback. Uh, he's got a the, the best winning percentage in the history of the CFL to this point in his career. Very accurate thrower, and, and you and I have talked a couple times this year, Philip. And and you love pressure. Fans have loved the pressure you you brought, but but Bo can get that ball out pretty pretty quick. So uh, I guess that's an adjustment you have to make too.
0: Well, we saw that we could not get to him that way. Um, we got a couple of guys clean, and he was getting the ball out before we could get there. And we always talk about angles to the quarterback. We talk about inches, matter, uh, never taking a false step, getting to directly to him at the fastest rate possible. And we always talk about trying to get there between 1.5 and two seconds, okay, when the ball is snapped. Uh, because the quarterbacks today, they're all, I mean, they're so much better coach than they were years ago about things. I mean, when you see them catch the ball, and they know where they're going with it, and they getting rid of it, right? So, a lot of the stunt schemes for years ago will not work now. They will not. So, you've got to directly, you've got to get a breakdown in their past coverage by different ways of doing it, different things, and you've got to directly get there. Uh, or either you got an all-out gap zipping and 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 doing that, again, inches matter. If he gets rid of it, then you're in trouble. And uh, we did that, I want to say it was the first play of the fourth quarter the other night. I gap zipped him. Okay, and then he makes an awesome throw, as you saw, and we had a guy hanging all over him, but he catches the ball for a touchdown, you know. Uh, and he just catches it and throws it to a spot, Right. And of course they knew the spot and we didn't and they, 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 you know, made a great play on the ball. And it's like, okay, when I do this and I and I can't hit him, okay, they get rid of the ball quickly. So just give it to them. They uh, tremendous game plan, they executed it, uh, they came out hungry, um, you know, and, 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 and they beat us. I mean there's no other way. To say it, I so like "I told the guys, I said, we just got beat. I mean, there's no other way to say it, you know. And uh, but we got a good group. We got a good group of men. Um, they, they, they love Edmonton, love Eskimos, and they don't want to, you know, lose. I can promise you. And uh, they're gonna do everything in their power, you know, to try to play a good ball game."
2: Well, it's been a pretty good year overall for your for your defense. Uh, I know as a coach you like to celebrate the group. I, I do want to ask you about one player who who I've really noticed a lot this year, making a lot of big plays. Seems to be very quick to the ball. You know, goes hard for that pick if he can get it. That, that's Josh Johnson, who uh, you know I've got to know as a player watching him this season. Well, why do you think he's been able to make such an impact for you guys?
0: Well, Josh, especially when he's you know in a position. Because we have to move folks around a lot with injuries, you know, and we have to be versatile, and you know, with the injury situations that you have, and so we have to have him to know a lot of different positions. But we, when he is in a position to where he can see the quarterback, and Josh is a guy that you know he plays deeper than a lot of the DBs because he don't go anywhere on the snap. He's sitting there and he's evaluating the first, you know, uh, time the ball is snapped for the first second or so. If you'll watch, he is trying to. See what's going on, right? And he gets some keys and different things, and then he's able to come down. He'll react quickly to him. So he's got some good anticipation, you know, and he's got good ball skills. So, and uh, I think he's probably had one or two interceptions called back, you know, that he would have had on the books. But uh, yeah, he's having a good year, you know. And uh, we just need a lot more from everybody, and him, him included, in this game and the rest of the season. And I, I hope he continues, you know.
2: Well, Philip, thanks for making time for us. I know you're watching a lot of film, getting ready for the rematch here on Saturday. Always great to talk football, to talk defense with you. Have a good one on Saturday.
0: Thank you much, Reid. I appreciate that.
2: Yeah, thank you, Philip. Defensive coordinator for the Edmonton Eskimos, Philip Lawley. Yeah, I always enjoy talking to him. I always feel like I I'd learn something about defense, about football, whenever I get him on the line or get to sit down with him at Commonwealth Stadium. He knows they got to turn it around. He's given Calgary credit now. The ball's in his court to respond and get that run defense shored up. I know Blake Dermott has talked about maybe the Eskimos so intent on pressuring the quarterback trying to get sacks, maybe it hurts their run defense a little bit. So we'll see what kind of adjustments they make on Saturday. Of course, they got to make some adjustments on offense as well. Only nine points on Monday. No touchdowns for the third time this season. They are eighth in the CFL in touchdown percentage in the red zone. Here's quarterback Trevor Harris. I, I consider myself a, a good red zone quarterback up to, you know, like the, we, had to, we had our struggles last year when I was in Audible. But last year, late in the year, we turned it on. And 15, you know, I led the league in touchdowns, you know. I mean, I was a good red zone quarterback. I was, I have been my whole life. And so um, these, you know, last year at the beginning of the year and then this year has kind of been a new deal. And so uh, you just tune that out and just focus on execution and know that, that we're capable of doing the things. The small things that are happening in the game are correctable and we've got to fix it now. It's not one of those things where, oh, it's okay, you know, we're, we'll be fine. It's not that. We'd, we've got to have a sense of urgency and fix it. And, and trust me, like, we're, we're very urgently – uh, doing everything we can, but we're not going to put too much of an emphasis on it because if we do that, then we might you know, pucker up a little bit and struggle. All right, that is Eskimos quarterback Trevor Harris. They were back at practice today. Still ahead, we're going to talk to one of the greatest... Wheelchair basketball players in the world. He was born in Edmonton, Patrick Anderson. He just helped Canada qualify for the Paralympic Games in Tokyo. You'll also hear from Oilers prospects Tyler Benson and Dylan Wells, and I'll catch up on uh, some of your texts about the Oilers and
0: the Eskimos as well. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.